We've got six games on Saturday in the NBA. Let's look ahead to them. Let's look at streaming options. Let's also go to Philadelphia and put Tyrese Tangles Maxi under the lens. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and that's why you always leave a note. And I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball, and on Instagram at lockedonfantasybasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Here we are. NBA is back after a one-day absence. Early games again tomorrow. It's a 5 p.m. Eastern start tomorrow. So again, the Locked On Fantasy Basketball second wave of process will happen one hour before that. Um, so be aware of that when you're making your changes. Get your lineup set early, and hopefully you have some success. And that's hopefully what we're looking to, to bring here as we head towards the end of the week and making moves to win the week might be something that you look to do. As we look ahead to Saturday's action, November the 25th, in the NBA, we will start just by looking at some updates on injuries that we know at the moment. Um, the Bronco remains out for the Thunder. That's not great that he's getting ruled out like a day, two days in advance with this injury, which apparently happened about a week ago. Yeah, that's not great a week ago. Um, we hope everything obviously is going to be better there soon, but with him out, um, you get those bumps to guys like Isaiah Joe, to Kaysen Wallace. Uh, off the bench, you get maybe even a Lindy Waters, maybe, or a Kenrich Williams. It's uh, They're going to start to get tested. Hopefully, they bring up Ujman Jeng, and we see a little bit of him, but it's not going to impact much for fantasy. Ubre remains out. Cam Thomas, Ben Simmons remain out in Brooklyn. Gabe Vincent remains out for the Lakers. Um, Trey Murphy, Matty Ryan remain out for the Pelicans. I'm going to guess that CJ McCollum is out. Now, he's been ruled out for Friday's game, but he has been back at practice. So there is a, I guess there's a small, small outside chance that he does play on Saturday. I don't think he will, but there is a small chance. Walker Kessler does remain sidelined for the Jazz. Uh, Muxy Kleber is out for the Mavericks. And then we've got a bunch of statuses that we don't know fully yet, but Joel Embiid missed the last game for the Sixers. I don't expect that he's going to miss. That was a back-to-back, so I think he'll be okay and ready to go. Duncan Robinson missed today's game for the Heat, so I'm going to label him questionable. I'm going to label Kyle Lowry questionable because it's the second game of a back-to-back. I'm going to label Jimmy Butler questionable because it's the second game of a back-to-back. And I'm going to label Bam Adebayo questionable as well because not only is it a second game of a back-to-back, Bam missed a game with a hip issue and he's probable for Friday's action. I don't know whether Butler, Adebayo, Lowry, Robinson will all miss, will all miss, but there absolutely have to be some sort of warnings or alarms on those guys that at least some of them might not be present for Saturday's game. It is a Friday, Saturday, back-to-back for the Heat and they've all had history of sitting back-to-backs or they've currently got injuries. The other news in Miami was Drew Smith is out for the season with an ACL injury, so not great there. Um, Drew was an interesting sort of backup-ish point guard, but yeah, he's not going to play again this year. 
Dennis Smith Jr., questionable. His return, I would guess, would be coming soon for the Nets. Bilal Kulabali, I've got him as questionable with an asterisk. He is officially questionable for Friday. So I don't know if he plays Friday. Does that mean he plays Saturday? If he doesn't play Friday, he's got to be questionable again for Saturday. If Bilal is out, um, Corey Kispert's probably the guy we take a look at there with an increased role and increased value. Both Donovan Mitchell and Isaac Okoro practiced for the Cavs, so they are officially questionable um, for Saturday. They play a Saturday-Sunday back-to-back. I, would, I was going to say I'd be surprised if Mitchell played the back-to-back, but it's the NBA and hamstring, so who knows? So they can be cavalier with these things, and we've said, hey, that was an unintended pun. But we might see Mitchell play both of them. Obviously, if Okoro and Mitchell remain out, we still fire up old mate Craig Porter Jr., who's been excellent. What we do want to watch is what the hell happens to Craig Porter if Mitchell and Okoro play. But those guys are practiced and are currently questionable. For the Lakers, Jared Vanderbilt Bar, his return has got to be coming soon. So I'm labeling this questionable, but who knows? Well, Cam Reddish, I don't think that Reddish plays with a groin issue, but we don't know. And then Derek Lively had that back issue. It appears that he's avoided serious injury. I'd be very, very surprised if Lively plays on Saturday but we need confirmation on that. And then there's Norman Powell, who is questionable. The Clippers have a Friday-Saturday back-to-back. Powell has a groin issue. I'd be stunned if he played in both of these games. Absolutely floored if Powell played. And that means that we look at Amir Coffey, Terrence Mann, uh, maybe Bones, but Ty Lue said he doesn't like going to Bones in those situations. They get too small. We also I don't think there's a risk of it, but did Paul George or Kawhi sit the back-to-back? don't know. They didn't the last one. So we'll have to pay attention to that. But that's quite a few separate individual um, injury scenarios that we do need to be aware of and can open up quite a bit of value on a weird slate that starts, as I said, 5 p.m. Eastern and then goes all the way through until the last game starts at 7.30 p.m. Pacific. So not only do we have a ridiculously early start, but we've got one of those late uh, those late starts for the late games. The latest, usually those late games start 7 p.m. Pacific. I hate the 7.30 p.m. one. It's so stupid. But that's what we've got going with the Mavericks and the Clippers on that 7.30 p.m. one. Um, all right. We are going to uh, we're going to put Tyrese Maxey under the lens, as I said. But before I do that, today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Yes, tickets for events. It's fun, or it should be fun. Why isn't it fun? Because sometimes these websites just make it so, so difficult to get the prices, to know where your tickets are going to be, to get good deals. It's really, really frustrating, as I just wanted to recenter myself in the screen as I did that. With GameTime and the GameTime app, you can get killer last-minute deals, you can get all-in prices, views from your seat, and, of course, their best price guaranteed. So over there, you've got these um, things with the all-in pricing, right? So you go onto another ticket site that's not game time, and they'll put a price up, and it will have the ticket price, and you go to check out, and then they add transaction fees and processing fees and in-state tax fees and whatever fee they feel like and gouging fee, whatever it is. Game time, no. It's all just there. Whatever the price is on the ticket, that is the price you pay. That is their all-in pricing. They're also obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets, Tickets and pricing right up to the start of the event, sometimes even an hour after it starts. Flash deals, sponsored deals, zone deals, and the game time guarantee. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app and create an account and use the code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code L O C K E D O N NBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, we go under the lens.
And we want to talk about Tyrese Maxey here. And the reason that we do want to focus on Tyrese is, well, people have been suggesting, hey, can you put this guy under the lens? Maybe we'll get to some requests for that. But at the moment, what we're trying to do is look at who's had the biggest rise, who's had the biggest fall in the last week. That's how I'm approaching these. And one of the biggest fallers who does play on Saturday over the last week, it is Tyrese Maxey. Now, we know that Maxey started out this season absolutely red hot, right? And this is what I think a great illustration can be of um, fantasy value, is we see stuff and it happens in the first two to three weeks and we just assume that that's what continues. And it often doesn't. And you'll see when we do end of season review stuff, when we look at the way that players' rankings change week on week, there are wild fluctuations. And Maxi was doing some stuff early in the season, which was probably quite unsustainable. But now he's in a slump and things aren't going particularly well. You could say the same for many players. Scott Barnes, one of those guys as well, who jumped up into the top 10 and now is back to like 30th. Like these, these things change. I still think Maxi is probably going to be a top 20 player this season. But over the last week, he's 82nd in minus one rankings. He's averaging 40 fantasy points, which is 35th. He's averaging 39 minutes a game, so there's no problem with that. He's averaging 29 usage, so absolutely no problem. That is way above season numbers, which is just 26. He's, but he's averaging 24 points with three threes, under four rebounds, eight assists, 0.3 steals, 0.3 blocks, 39 and 71 percentages. And that's how you get this gigantic indication of what really does change things in terms of pure ranking numbers. Maxi was elite this season. Well, he has been elite this season. Part of the thing was he was getting blocks out of nowhere, right? And we go, oh, that's very, very weird. He blocked a total of eight shots last season, and he's at 11 already this season. But he's had one block in the last five games. Over the last week, he's had one block total and one steal total. That hurts. Last season, he shot 43% from three. The season before, 43% from three. This season, 41% from three. The last three games, 32% from three. This man also has been a 91% free throw shooter this season, and he's at 71% over the last week. So everything that could potentially go wrong for Maxi's value has gone wrong. Can't hit threes, can't hit twos, can't get steals, can't get blocks. Can't hit free throws. Everything's off. That's five separate things that he can't hit. His two-point percentage is at 44. His true shooting's down at 49%. When he's at 59 for the season, he was at 60 last season. So while it's annoying to have him at this point, and we see this drop and you go, oh, well, I guess that little run is over. This stuff is not real, right? We take... Um, solace in the fact that he's still getting 28 usage. He's playing 39 minutes. He's getting eight assists. He won't get a block per game, but one steal in three games is not real. 39% from the field is not real. 71% from the line is not real. 32% from three is also not real. So while it is a big, big drop-off in production and it's frustrating, it's going to come back. In terms of offensive load, according to Crafted NBA, Maxi's in the 94th percentile in the entire NBA. Why do I bring that up? It's just to show you how important he is on this Sixers offense. So while we can look at rankings, and if you just look at a rank, and even if you look at not a minus one rank, he'll come in at like 140th for the last week. And you go, what's going on here? Is, is the bubble burst? Is he not this good? Or you look at his fantasy numbers and go, well, he was a top 10 player. Now he's 40th in his fantasy points. All right, I guess that's where he is. I guess I didn't get a bargain in the draft. 
There's just so many things that go into it, and he's still doing everything for this Sixers team offensively. 94th percentile in load is huge, giggity. And this is going to stick. So every indicator is still there. There's just some weird stuff happening. So while we see the drop-off, and it's frustrating in the moment to have it happen to you in your Week 5 matchup, it's not a long-term concern for me here. I don't think he gets back to being top 10, but top 20, absolutely reasonable in my mind for Tyrese Maxey to get back to that level. Let's go in now and have a look at the action across the games. Let's start off by just looking who has back-to-backs across the weekend. We've got the Atlanta Hawks, the Brooklyn Nets, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. We've been talking about this weekend back-to-back all week, especially about the Hawks and the Cavs having the, the volume of quality games. But this is where we can start to get some value in on this weekend back-to-back if you've got those waivers. And there are some targets, not as much from Cleveland, but from Atlanta and Brooklyn, there are some targets that we can look at to try and stream in. Let's look at stream of the day options. Remember the cascade here as we go down. 10-teamers, I'm throwing out Sadiq Bay as a streamer. These guys are, you know, most of these guys are hit or miss because they're available on the waiver wire. Um, Kelly Linick for 12-teamers. Joshy Richardson for 14. Now, I'm putting Josh Richardson there for 14-team leagues because there is a chance that Butler, Lowry, Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, even Caleb Martin, I didn't even put him on the injury report. Caleb Martin may not play coming back from the injury. There might be five additional rotation players who at least are in some doubt of not playing. And that is going to boost his numbers up. For 16-teamers, I am throwing Dayron Sharp in there because even in 16, 17 minutes, this guy can put up eight and six with a block which is actually pretty good for a 16-teamer. For Yahoo Points League streaming, I'm going with the speaker, Keontae George. And for ESPN Points Leagues, I'm going with Jaime Jaquez as a solid stream option. Of course, Jaquez is going to benefit the same way Josh Richardson does in those other scenarios in terms of the potential absences of the Heat players. So we've got six games to look at. The first one is the early one, 5 p.m. Eastern. Why is it 5 p.m. Eastern? What time is that? Like 4 p.m. Central? That's a, Why are we going that time? Anyway, it's the Sixers and the Thunder. Ubre will remain out. We expect that Embiid returns. Of course, if Embiid is out, do they start Marcus Morris again or are they smart and start Paul Reed? Regardless, Reed is still the guy that I would want. I don't expect that Embiid misses. DeAnthony Melton is the guy that we want to take a look at there on the Sixers side of things. Um, and for the Thunder, it is Isaiah Joe who's been putting up big numbers. He's going to have a larger role with Jalen Williams out. Now, at this point, there was a tweet about 10 minutes before I started recording this from every NBA reporter under the sun. Shams and Woj, Tim McMahon, Mark Stein, uh, uh, Chris Haynes, I think, put it out that the NBA is investigating the situation surrounding Josh Giddy. We already had the footage from Locked on Thunder, Ryland Styles put the, the video out of Josh and Mark Dagnot being asked about the issue. We still don't actually know what to make of it in terms of the when it was taken, how real it is, the age of the people. It, it all looks shithouse very, very clearly. But we don't have any confirmation officially on anything. But we are got we have got a um an investigation going on at the moment. I don't know what the Thunder are gonna do. Will they just sit him out and not play him? I would think that would be the smart thing to do. The Thunder, from what I know, are notoriously big on uh, character type stuff. And they're not as, uh, let's say, cavalier with things the way that the, the Hornets are. So I would expect that there is at least a 50-50 chance that Giddy just sits out for personal reasons in this game. That would be, but that's a complete guess. The NBA is not coming down and issuing a suspension tomorrow. That is not happening. I can, it's just not going to happen. Um, but like, who knows? Like the NBA, literally, like Josh Primo got four games for a sexual assault. 
So what sort of suspension would Giddy get in this situation, especially if there's nothing, um, no no charges that get laid, which there may or may not, I don't know. So at this point, I'm going to, I would put it on the fence whether Giddy plays. All this brings us back to is that it's even more opportunity for Isaiah Joe. It's more opportunity for Kaysan Wallace to get more involved in the offense. It's a little bit of extra minutes for Trey Mann or even Vasily Micic for deeper leagues. But Joe and Wallace would be the two guys that I would look at from the Thunder to really step into 12-team discussions. In terms of streams, the Sixers have got Covington and Batum as those two options. Covington by far the better permanent producer. But you could throw Paul Reed in there if Joel Embiid is out. And then Joe is the Thunder guy that we pay um, we pay attention to in that scenario. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Score early in the NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is a one hundred. That is hundred fifty bucks in bonus bets if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and all the different bet types are there: parlays, spreads, game totals, sides, props, futures. You might want to have a look at the in-season tournament and have a look at the MVP or the winner because all of that is available to bet over at FanDuel. So go to FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon and tip off, not kick off, tip off the NBA season. FanDuel is also an official partner of the NFL, and don't forget to gamble responsibly. I will I will address this now as well, and I think I've addressed it on a couple of shows, but I'm going to get this question all the time. Yes, when you look at your schedule in week seven, there are no games on. Yes, that is correct, that there are no games scheduled, but there are games played. I'm still getting asked this question, well, what happens? Are we just going to skip that week? Is everyone just having a week off? No. No. Every team will play two games. Last time I'm going to mention this. Every team plays two games in week seven. We just don't know who they play or on what days. They will schedule that once we know what's going on with the in-season tournament. Week seven has games. They are not scheduled. Every team plays two games. Are we good? Last time I'm going to mention that, I hope. Because I, I, I just, yeah, I think, I feel like I've said it too many times already. Miami and the Nets. Miami's on a back-to-back, as we've mentioned a million times. Let's talk about the Nets, though. Mikael Bridges, with Cam Thomas out, Bridges is getting more shots. He's still been, I would say, for a lot of people that drafted him, disappointing. But the extra shots that he's getting is helping, and it is helping to boost some of his numbers up. I don't know that he's much of a buy low. I don't know that he's a sell high. But we just want to see if he reestablishes a little bit more of that usage. In terms of streams, there is potentially a lot in Miami. Like, it could be Orlando Robinson if Bam is out. It could be Caleb Martin. It could be Haywood Highsmith. It could be Jaime Jaquez or Josh Richardson. There's so many different options there. I'm going to throw Jaquez as an option there. And then Lonnie Walker, who, as you're well aware of my concerns for him from a fantasy perspective, he might get a lot of shots. And it's always, when we're streaming, these guys are sitting on the waiver wire for very specific reasons. They're not good is the usual reason. But there's always that ability for Lonnie Walker to have four points or to have 24 points on seven shots. And that's why you know, stream of the day, you have a look at it. You look behind the process. It works. It doesn't work. Sometimes it doesn't because that's why these guys are sitting on the wave away. If they always produce at this high level, they wouldn't be there. They would be on a team. So we look at opportunities. And yes, Lonnie could very easily get hot, but he could also do nothing. He doesn't have that safety net of a back-end value of why. Well, he at least will get steals and rebounds and assists because he won't. All he's relying upon is like getting hot, getting more minutes, getting more shots, and them going in. But that's worth a flyer at times. 
especially when you're looking for those points and threes categories. The Atlanta Hawks and the Washington Wizards is the next game. What is on my radar in this one? Well, I do want to see DeJounte Murray because, I don't know, how, how would you view DeJounte Murray's season so far? To me, it's sort of been bang on what I expected it to be. He steps up when Trey is out. When Trey is there, he's okay. He had a really hot streak with his three-point shooting that has fallen away somewhat. He's like, fine. He's like a fourth-roundish sort of player, which is about the area I thought he would be. But let's see if there's anything that changes here. I don't think there will be but let's just pay attention to it. In terms of streams, the Hawks have Bay, they have Hunter as good stream options to use there. And the Wizards, it would be Koulibaly, but I don't know that Bilal is going to play. So I'd want to keep an eye on Corey Kispert because if Bilal is out, Kispert would be the guy that I stream. This is assuming, of course, that Tyus Jones is rostered, that Denny Avdia is rostered, and Daniel Gafford is rostered, which again, those guys all should be, maybe not Jones, but those guys all should be, but Kispert would be the guy that I would take a crack at there. The Lakers and the Cavs, what is on my radar in this game? D'Angelo Russell, minutes are like Cole's prices, down, down, down. Minutes are down. He played like 24 last game. He'd been under 30, I think, four of the last five. And this is without Gabe Vincent. That is really troubling. Is it a weird thing? Is it a matchup thing? Is it a blowout thing? Some of that stuff is, is mixed in. But let's see how they use him. Do they just not go with him in the closing lineup again and run Reeves out there? They could. Um, and then for the Cavs, Craig Porter. I don't know whether Mitchell and Okoro were going to play. Levert will play. He was ejected last game. He'll play. So how do they find the minutes for Porter? Do they even find minutes for Porter? I've got him as a stream option, but honestly, he might get zero minutes because I just don't know how they're going to use him. I feel really comfortable that he's ahead of Milk. If you don't know who Milk is, Milk is Ty Jerome. I'm just going to call him Milk because it's funny. Um, yeah, so Craig Porter is ahead of him, but how does he play enough? That's what we want to watch. And then in terms of streams for the Lakers, Rui Hachimura might be there. Deeper leagues, you might look at Max Christie if Cam Reddish is sidelined once more with that groin problem. The next one is the Pelicans. They're taking on the Utah Jazz. It is a back-to-back for New Orleans. There is a risk, and I should have mentioned this at the start, that Zion doesn't play. Uh, He hasn't played their back-to-back so far, so we'd have to put that as a likelihood that he is out. Likelihood. I don't know that for sure, but that would be a likelihood to me. For the Jazz, Jordan Clarkson was absolutely rolling, dominating. And then not only did the shots not fall, he just doesn't take them anymore. I don't know what happened. I don't know what changed. But let's see what Clarkson's role looks like. And then what we do to stream Najee Marshall. Now, I think Marshall will play the back-to-back. And if Zion is out, that does make him very appealing. But he could also sit the back-to-back coming off a knee problem. And Kelly Linick for the Jazz, he started the last game. He was great. We roster him. They made the move with him over Abaji. I don't know whether they continue to do that or not. But Olenek is definitely worth grabbing and writing that out until Kessler returns. The Mavs and the Clippers. This is a back-to-back for the Clippers. We don't have a Derek Lively status. I don't think he's going to play. But importantly, Rashawn Holmes took over from Dwight Powell before the Lively injury. Lively went out in the first quarter. Holmes was the backup. So if Lively is out, Holmes is going to get minutes and he might start and he might be worth a look for us. But we need to see what Kid does there. In terms of streams, Josh Green, maybe. I don't feel super confident, but uh, he might be able to. His last two games have been better. And then for the Clippers, especially with Norman Powell maybe not being available, Terrence Mann's ability to get steals and at least get some minutes out there with some rebounds, two or three assists, that's okay for those um, for those deeper formats. That's the six games. 
So when we're looking at the two-for-ones across the weekend with the Hawks, the Cavs, and the Nets, these six names are the ones that I'm going to be paying attention to. Sadiq Bay and DeAndre Hunter in Atlanta. And then it's Nets. Lonnie Walker, Dayron Sharp, Royce O'Neal, and Dorian Finney-Smith. It would be Craig Porter if Donovan Mitchell was out, but we don't know that. So it's very hard to suggest Craig Porter when you might get 10 combined minutes across two games. And then the other guys are going to be Nyang and guys like that who aren't going to be useful for you. What we do have, though, for the next five days is five streaming days in a row. So if we get chunky here and look Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they're all streaming days. So which teams have the best schedule? There are a few that have three games. And these are the guys that I'm really looking at. So we talk about Olenek replacing um, Oshaya Baji. The value's already up, and he's got three games in five nights. A sensational ad. Keontae George, pretty good as well. Three games, same team. Sadiq Bay and uh, the Hawks and Lonnie Walker and the Nets, three games. Next five nights, including the weekend back-to-back. So a really good run of games. So you'll see that's what, Saturday, Sunday... Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, the Hawks and the Nets play. So that's a three-game in four night for them. And then Horton Tucker for the Jazz as well. While you might have to worry about some field goal percentage, he can rack up some defensive stats and from assists. I do want to see what Will Hardy was talking about, though, because after last game, Will Hardy was like, if you don't play hard, if you don't pass, you're not getting minutes. And last game, we saw Horton Tucker and Sexton's minutes come down. Not to say that Horton Tucker doesn't pass, but I would say that, mm, I don't know, people are going to like be on me about this. But does Horton Tucker pass to pass, or does he pass to get, to, to get assists Rondo style? I don't know. Sexton, forget it. Not a passer at all. The other one to look at is Goga Badadze and any of the Magic guys. Like At the moment, as I'm recording this, Mo Wagner is torching the Celtics. And prior to that, it had been Goga. So Goga or Mo, they could be options. It seems like it's a little bit of to- uh, coin tossing as to which one of those players is the better option. But there's two games for the Magic over the next five nights on those volume stream days. Let's look at some stream options for 10-team leagues. And I usually I haven't been cascading these ones, but I'm going to do it now. So whatever league size you're in, just look at these, these lists and pay attention to the names and always go like, okay, well, if the guys in the 10-team list are available for me in a 12-teamer, I'll add them. And if they're not available, I'll go to the 12-team list and so on and so forth. So the first six names, which should be available in all 10s, we've got Sadiq Bay, Kelly Olenek, Dyson Daniels, Jaime Haquez, Keontae George and Josh Richardson. Yes, because of the expected absences in Miami. For 12-teamers, we'll add these names to the list. We'll go DeAndre Hunter, Taylor Horton Tucker, Dayron Sharp, Caleb Martin, if he plays, Lonnie Walker and Isaiah Joe, who could be in for a sizable role. Or you might look at a Trey Mann or a Micic in there if Giddy is out. Uh, and for deeper leagues, we do the same thing. Look at the list, the 12 names already mentioned. We can go to these ones after it. Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, Nico Batum, Terrence Mann, Najee Marshall, and Derek Jones Jr. Also throw Rob Covington onto that list too. And lastly, we look at points leagues. Keontae George, Sadiq Bay, Jaime Huckers, Dyson Daniels, Taylor Horton Tucker, and DeAndre Hunter all look like solid enough streams on, um, what day is it? On Saturday's games with six, uh, on Saturday with six games on. And that... Guys, we'll do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.